one. Well, welcome to another great episode here uh, at Radio Italiana 531 for our episode six, Keeping Our Italian Traditions. Uh, welcome, Joe, once again. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thanks, Angelo. Full studio today. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking uh, day. Today we actually talk about the Italian automobile. So uh, we've got a couple of guests we'll talk about in a minute. But like we do every episode, we want to start with a quote, an expression, maybe even a joke. But today... I'm looking forward to this one. This one here, I, I was driving here and I thought about it. And it just kept coming back to me. Um, and it was... Uh, well, we reflect at Christmas time. It's time to reflect. And of course, uh, the universe just came into my head. And I thought to myself, you know how many times my dad, um, pen, you know, he, he, he used the universe to uh, inflict pain, but also <laughs> yastama a little bit. So I'll tell you, like, I remember this one. I don't know if, you have, if anyone else, any other listener, yourself included, Joe, were ever um, told by your dad, um, So... Something along those lines. And, and if he said, did hit you, you know, if he did reach you and give you an oshiafa... Especially if I got home at one or two o'clock in ah, the morning. The oh. faccio vedere stelle. So it's the sun, the stars, you know. I don't know if this is, you know, something that you very guys remember. Uni- the faccio de vascondolo zola. No, might be a nap thing. But anyway, that's today's uh, expression. Um, this week, we talk about the Italian automobiles. So um, I thought it was absolutely... Uh, the perfect opportunity to bring in two special guests, uh, two very good friends of mine, two wonderful human beings, uh, two Italians, Orazio Baldino and Michael Taladira. Welcome. These guys have their own podcast called Micanori, so we're really glad that you could make it today, um, along with your entourage, getting some filming done for your podcast. So thank you for coming. Welcome to both of you. Yeah, thank you, Angelo, and thank you, uh, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here, Micanori. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Our Radio first, Italiana. Our first guest spot, Mick. Yeah, certainly our first guest spot. We're pleased about that. Yeah, and, no, really excited. And grateful to have you both. So obviously today, we uh, and as, as we do, we're talking about keeping our traditions. Um, and for me, uh, the Italians rule the roost when it comes to cars, when it comes to motorbikes, everything automobile. So um, the sheer fact that you guys talk about um, the uh, you know talk about cars on your show, uh, and more importantly, that you guys own some Italian cars. I thought it was perfect timing for you guys to come on. So thanks again for joining. So without any further ado. Hang on, does this include a test drive in these Italian no, cars? No, we're giving you're away. No, I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Mick's got an <laughs> Alpha. An Alpha Giulietta <laughs> QV. Uh, very happy to share that with everybody. Okay. I'm not it. sure if we'll get into the Ferraris, Mick. Well, you never know. You <laughs> well, never know. Well, let's talk about your cars. Let's start there, Mick. So you've got a, a number. So what, what, what have you got? What uh, can look, you share with us? I've always had uh, a passion for Italian cars. And you start off with, of course, the, the Fiat. Uh, but you always aspire to the Fiat, the Alpha, and then, of course, the holy grail of the Italian cars. The, Which was the your Ferrari. very first Fiat. The Fiat 125. So it's similar Beautiful. to yours, Angie. You've got the 128. Eight. So it's a boxy little car. Plenty of room in the car. Fantastic little car, twin overhead cam, so off the line very, Five very quick. Five-speed manual? Five-speed manual. Um, actually, I didn't have the special. I did actually put a, a special gearbox in it, which the original one was uh, four-speed, and then the special had a five-speed, which I put in, of course. What year? That would have been a 1972, three, I reckon. Okay. Yeah. Still have it? No, no, I didn't have it. Actually, my wife was driving it as a daily driver with, 
wide wheels, small steering. I don't know how she was doing it. And hence it's not around anymore. It's not around anymore, driving, but yeah. it was a pity because we should have kept it. <laughs> I don't think you know how lucky you are to own one of those cars, Mick. The 125? Or have I? I mean, because growing up, you know, I've said the story a few times, but my dream car as a kid was the 131 Fiat Super Mirror Fury. That's all I wanted my whole life. And I found one. Four triple nine at a car yard on Grand Junction Road. So my dad and I, we went down to have a look at this car. And I thought, oh, I cannot believe I'm getting this car. It was blue metalizzato, Mick, like your Dino. So iconic car. My uncles were mechanics back then. So we drove to the service station. They had a quick look. My uncle and my dad, I heard them talking, going noisy diff, this and that. Anyway, we're driving back to the car yard to make the offer. My dad said to me, yeah, he turned to me, it was that father-son moment. You really want it? See, I've dreamt about this car my whole life. Yeah, this is the one I want. He goes, all right, well, let's get it then. He goes, but Uncle Jim said it's got a bit of a noisy diff, this and that. I said, Dad, it's a 20-year-old car. Yeah. Mate. All right, let's that go. That helps get the price down, though, doesn't it? And how so, old were you, Ori? Did oh, you say? I was 17. 17. 17. So your first yeah, car. Seven, my first car. 17. So, you know, we walked into the yard. I was flexing already, Mick. I was five foot, right? I felt five foot. I felt ten foot actually walking to the car yard. So we're walking in, and the salesman makes his way. He goes, "What did you think?" Well, they got a bit of a noisy diff. This and that. He goes, "Well, you know, it's twenty year old car." As I said to him, he goes, "Well, make us an offer then." Remember, the car was four triple nine. My dad goes, two grand." The guy goes, "No." Good start. The guy goes, "No." So we turned around and left the car yard. My dad goes, "I said, where are we going?" I said, "Where are we going?" <laughs> That's an offer. Now it's a counter offer. This is how it works here. He goes, "No, he doesn't want to do business." And that was my Fiat One Three One Super Mirror Fury. Oh right. So oh, that was it? They that never, was it. Never, no, no, never got never never made it, it. Never made it to the garage. So a couple of months later, I found an Alpha uh, Sprint. Alpha Sprint. Nice now, little car. Iconic brand again, Alpha. So it was always Italian cars for me growing up also. That's what you aspire to, right? So we went to test drive this one. My dad goes, let's go. Open the driver's door. Hit his head on the way in. Shut the driver's door. We didn't even <laughs> test drive it. That's it. So anyway, my first car was an XA Falcon 302. <laughs> special. So work that one out. Anyway, you're back with the Italian cars, Absolutely. which is great. To, Absolutely. Great so, so Mick, Fiat, your first one, then you moved on, didn't you? Well, the 125, I had the 125, but I always aspired to get uh, a Ferrari. But back then, you know, you're starting your business, you've got a family, and, uh, you know, you're frowned upon sometimes with what you buy and people, what, what they see you drive. Um, but I did look at a 308 GT4, which I have got now, uh, back at Prestige Motors there at Walkerville. Um, but it was quite expensive even for a second-hand car. Uh, but now I finally got one, and I love the things. Yeah. You got more than one. Yep. Keep I, going. Do, I do have Keep more going than one. Through the list. Oh, yeah, Keep going. Okay. My first car. Have we got my, enough time for this? No, oh, I don't well, think we have enough my time. First, <laughs> my first Ferrari was actually because um, I was buying all the books on Ferraris and I was also looking at every uh, article in the advertiser of which one you could buy and how much they are since 1980s. Uh, my wife got to a stage probably seven or eight years ago, sick of me just talking about these cars all the time. Um, and the books were piling up. And the books were piling up, and I've probably spent enough money on books that I could have bought a car. And she goes, look, if you don't buy one soon, you're not going to be young enough to be able to get Enjoy in and out. It. So that, why don't you just go and get one and keep quiet? So um, she did say after a few years that I'm, I said get one, not more than one. <laughs> but anyway... So I ended up, I wanted the traditional Ferrari, in other words, front engine. A lot of people now look at the Ferraris and think the, the traditional one is the mid-engine, but that's not the case. They okay. were all generally the front engine and V12s. They did have some four-cylinders in the race cars and things like that, but they were generally front engine V12s. 
So had when a few I, V8s as well, didn't they, along uh, the way? Early days they yeah. did, but more for racing, not road cars. All the road yeah, cars, were, all the road cars were twelves, and generally front engine until the Mura came out in the Lamborghini that had the first mid-engine uh, twelve. So Ferrari thought they better not, you know, yeah. miss the boat, they and they compete. started bringing mm-hmm. out the twelves. But I must admit, when you look at Joe's generation and what we grew up, when we're already similar age, we all thought they were mid-engine V8s were all the Ferraris, right? The history of Ferrari is the, obviously the racing V12s, but all of us grew up with V8s, thinking that's the car that we need for when it comes to Ferrari iconic. So you that's can right, see a lot and of that's what generation. people think about now. Yeah, is correct. The, the mid-engine V8s, but traditionally is the front-engine 12s were the more expensive ones, uh, and they still produce them now. So they're still producing front-engine 12s. The Dino, which uh, is well, obviously an older... The, the Dino's, uh, my, so my 456 GT, uh, I ended up buying the 456 GT, which is a front-engine 12, 5.5-litre. Um, it's Four-seater. Ra- Four-seater, rated to uh, 301 kilometres. Well, car. that's yeah. the other reason I bought it as well, so you could drop off the kids at your parents' place or your in-laws' of place, course. and then you could go for a drive. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we, we had two back then. And, then and we you ended still up- got this one. I've still got this one. I okay. can't get rid of this one, no, yeah, even yeah. though people uh, saying I should trade hey, up. But And let me tell you, four adults sit in that car. I mean, my wife and I have been lucky enough to go in the back of it when my car, windscreen wiper, didn't work. The first Ferrari driver, drive day, that was another story. But anyway, we got in the back of Mick's car and we went to McLaren Vale and, hey, very comfortable for four adults, Mick. So yeah. It helped that your wife's not that tall. No, she's five foot and, four. And, and did, Mick, did Mick, you and your wife, vacate the car and they stayed in the back seat or no, did you kick them out no, first? I mean, no, actually, Ori was in the front. It was just the women in the back, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. We oh, put the girls so in the back put and the girls in the, in the back. front. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. that's but, the Italian way. <laughs> that is the Italian way. That's a tradition <laughs> for sure. But the funny story about the 456, Mick and I only found out the other night from a gentleman who lived in, uh, in Italy uh, in his earlier days, all the soccer players actually own those cars when they first came out in the 95, 96, 97 era of soccer players. Okay. That's what they there all owned and drove to training. And Mick goes, well, they had to put their boots somewhere, obviously. That's right, yeah. their boots. And it wouldn't have been their golf buggy but yeah. the, or bag, but anyway. Or their wags. wags. That's right. Yeah, well, you got the two plus two, so. Agumari. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you one thing, though, Ange. Mick is underselling one of his vehicles, and that's the 308 uh, GD4 1977, which he's currently rebuilding nut and bolt restoration and i've said it before on our podcast it will be one of the best 308 gd4s restored in the world there you go i'm telling you now Ori, please play play it down a little bit mick's got a little bit red in the face yeah Yeah, i I have because ferrari red should i say (laughs) no not ferrari yeah ferrari red in the face it didn't start off like that what happened with that one there that was uh my first dino that i bought the 308 gt4 it's the cheaper version so back then when i bought it in 2013 um, and we don't talk about Price. prices on our podcast because it's more about passion and enthusiasm yep. rather than collectability and things like that. So uh, I always wanted a GT4 because I wanted a carby car. The 456 is a fuel-injected car because it's a later model. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted a carby car, and that's the one I looked for back at Prestige Motors back in the 80s. Um, so I ended up buying it, and it was had been rallied, so it had a roll cage before I got it in it so people had used it a fair bit so it was a bit bit rough you know but had lots of fun with it ended up rebuilding the engine i thought i'll keep it for three or four years and if i like it i'll rebuild the engine which i did in 2016 um so i've done a few rallies ended up going to target tasmania wonderful so we drove from adelaide to melbourne in the in the dino pretty noisy um and uh, had a good friend of mine fred with me 
and then we got the, the spirit of Tasmania on the boat over to over to uh, Tasmania. The round trip was about four thousand kilometres. Wow! Yeah. But on the last stage on the Saturday, got a bit complacent, and uh, weather's wet, dry, things like that. We're just chatting, chatting. Reverse reverse Canberra corner. I came off. So and uh, okay. I I hit a fence and the biggest fence post you could see that's the one I hit smack in the middle of the car ouch I thought here we go but I wasn't too upset about it because we hit it because we got a rally safe in there so you know the kilometers you're doing so I was able to um, slow down from about 80 or 90 k's to 25 k's an hour so I hit it about 25 k's an hour so because it's a mid-engine yeah mid-rear engine so uh, that helped because I didn't actually damage the engine uh, and it I hit the hit wasn't that big, so it didn't even damage the radiator, which is at the front. A couple of cable ties, okay, well, not a bit more, and duct tape. So you drove it back to Adelaide. So reverse, we've got the. You had to wait for the rest. You of the drove stage in reverse back to Adelaide. No, not quite. Oh, not I've quite. No, that'd be a long way driving in reverse, and the revision mirrors are not that good they're in very those. Small. Mm. Um, but anyway, the tow truck driver pulled us out, and I was very comfortable or very confident that I'd be able to get it going and move off. So I drove it. All the way back to Adelaide, no wow. bumper bar, but you know, and a, and a, a V shape in the in the front. <laughs> but it's been an excellent Crazy. car, didn't miss a beat. So I went to, I thought, well, I better get it fixed up. I said, oh, well, we'll fix up that and just paint the rest of it. Anyway, that ended up a full restoration. So we've got it painted now. We're assembling. So I thought where I did, saw, did I see it at um, Wingards? You uh, did see it at Wingards, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did see it I at Wingards, so corner. that was when uh, Marcello's car was there. That's it. Yep. Yeah, yep. I did see it there. Oh, wonderful. So we now have talked about um, what three or four of your cars? No, that's two of them. Uh, that's two of them. No, no, no. I think we've spoken about have we? the Dino. Your that is the oh, Dino. Three. I've heard three Fiat. mentioned. I've three heard mentioned. Three. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. three hundred eight. Then uh, we, he's got another Dino without an engine. Okay, so that's your Flintstone version? That is my Flintstone version, right. yeah. So I don't, do you I'm, need four people to run at the same time? Well, you need more than that. But anyway, um, I'm not sure really why I bought that. It was just available and uh, it was in the Christmas break. And uh, I, I thought, oh, that sounds okay. And the price came down a fair bit. The engine had been stolen. That's another story. Wow. And it's, uh, it's actually documented on the internet. So the mechanic oh, yeah, that yeah, owned sure it back it in... Was uh, it found somewhere in Tasmania? Or no, no, this, no, was, no. this was in Melbourne or Sydney. But uh, there's, it is a, quite a famous story in the, the Ferrari world, yeah, right. uh, or Australian Ferrari world, I should say. Um, but the engine got stolen along with uh, another quite expensive car, which was a 250 GTE, which is probably worth, I don't know, one point something. Or million, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I ended up buying that one. That was set up as a rally car. Um, so I've still got that, and I was able to source the engine and the interior probably a few months back. The original? Not the oh, original, okay. unfortunately. That's still, so, okay. yeah. That's still stolen slash missing. Somewhere. Right? Yeah, right. Can I ask a question? So, I mean, with me and my mates, we always talk about, okay, which is the best Ferrari? Which one? And maybe I'm reflecting my age here a bit. I'm in love with the Testarossa or the F40. I'm not okay. sure. I can give you the answer to that one. I want to know for you because you drive them. You, yep. You've seen them all. I've got the answer. Unfortunately, it's not my own words because they asked Enzo Ferrari that same question. And his answer was the next one. <laughs> yeah. That's very smart. However, in but answer, for you, well, which yeah, one's your favorite? Okay. It depends how you feel. If you're fortunate enough that you've got more than one, it depends how you feel. So the GT, like the 456, I love that car. It's smooth, you know, the air conditioning, the, the leather. It's luxury. It's a gated shift. I love my manual, so I don't really like the flappy paddle stuff. Um, 
But if I'm going to go for a squirt through the hills uh, and a spirit to drive, the, the GT4, the 308 GT4 is the one to go with. Yeah, look forward to that. Ori, Ori. Ori. Mick's the one that sums it up. And you need to use these cars and drive these cars. So we know Ferrari owners and we're lucky enough to know a lot of Ferrari owners through the Ferrari club in here in Adelaide and, and nationally. And they have their cars tucked away and they don't ever get to enjoy them. And so you say, which one's your favourite? Ferrari, the one that know. you actually enjoy driving. And I remember when I uh, bought my car, I own a Ferrari 360 Modena 2000 Redwood Tan Gated Shifter, the iconic poster car. That's the one I wanted all my life, unlike the Fiat. After five years of bothering Michael, we finally bought it, made our way to Sydney and bought it. And I said, I'm never going to. My wife said, he will never drive it, Michael. He'll never drive it. He'll just. And she, he said, what did you say, Mick? I said, don't worry. He'll be driving it and he'll be taking it on the track. Don't so you worry about we've that. We've done track days with it. We've done the classic Adelaide rally a couple of weeks ago with it. I've driven it. I've enjoyed it. And that's the car you enjoy. So you say, which one do you want next? As long as I can drive it and enjoy it, that's the one I want next. Now, to answer your question, F40 every day of the week for Beautiful. me over the Testarossa. We were lucky enough to drive a Testarossa a couple of months back, and that was fantastic. Oh, it was a great car to drive. And you know, the thing is, when you take one of these for a drive, any any car, uh, you know, if we're talking about Ferraris at the moment, but you can't just take it around the block. You've got to really drive it. You've got to be spirited driving. Whether it's a GT car or not a GT car, you'll get more enjoyment when the revs are up around where they're supposed to be. They are supposed to be driven, and they really stem from the Formula One. So they race engines in some way for the road. Look, we've been lucky enough to drive a lot of the Ferraris, a lot of the new ones, a lot F40, of the old ones. F40, have you driven an F40? F40 we haven't driven. Mick, have is you driven many no. in Australia? Yes, there's, yeah, there's a yeah. few in Australia. The only time I've ever seen one is in Monte Carlo. That was uh, it. There I are really F40s in, in Australia. Adelaide. There's F40s in we, Australia. That's one of our bucket list ones. We definitely want to drive an F40. But we've driven a lot of the new generation Ferraris. Mick's been to Maranello and has done the uh, Pista Palota course and he's driven a lot of those things on the track over in Italy, which is a story Mick, I'm sure, will tell us. But we were lucky enough to drive so many Ferraris through this podcast, and we thank everyone that you know our guests that have come on the show and allowed us to drive their car. But an iconic car we drove last week was, that, a, 19, was a 1962 250 Lusso Berlinetta. Beautiful. My gosh. So you say, what's your favourite Ferrari? What's your, you know, once you drive those classics, some of the modern Paddy, you know, classic ones, uh, the newer ones, really don't. St- Stand up to the uh, to the level of those yeah, old ones. I agree. The thing is with the new ones. I mean, um, and I suppose in years to come they won't be new, and so maybe you'll look at them differently. Yeah. However, the new ones, whether you've got a McLaren, a Lamborghini, or even you know, I won't say even. Sorry, the Alfa Giulia QV, which is a fantastic a car. car. You know, current model. They all can do everything, and not only that, they drive you just about because they got the. Act, active, you know, passive and active stuff in terms of uh, electronics. So you're not really driving, whereas the older ones, no ABS, no power steering, you're doing everything. The the smell, the, it's, it's, just, completely a, it's just a different feeling. feel. So once you... And that's the beauty of Italian cars. They, it's, it's an emotional attachment. Very nostalgic. It's nostalgic. Yeah. You know, you're thinking of things we saw in movies or movie stars. Things, you know, La Dolce Vita with the new Ferrari Roma that they released, but that's based on a car from the 60s, right? So that's what Ferrari, Lamborghini, Alfa Romeo, Fiat... Lancia. Lancia. Yeah. Testarossa, I think, a scent of a woman. Right, scent of that's a woman. That's right. And Miami or, Vice. Or Miami Vice. Yeah. The white that's one, right? right? Yeah. They ended up in the pool. So... 
those cars there, like you said, you grow up and when you finally get to drive, yeah. it's emotional. And, you know, as a kid, when you look at those things in books and in posters and things like that, you think, wow, this car's unbelievable. When you go back now as an adult and look at these cars, they're really basic inside, actually. They're quite yeah. simple. There's not too much complicating them. But, you know, when we were a kid, it's completely different. When now you get into the new stuff, you don't know which gauge to look at yeah. and where to start and flip. Yeah, and in terms of the emotion that you talked about, and Joe, what you mentioned, which one's the best one, what, what we do with our podcast and the Mick and Ori podcast is more talking about the stories rather yeah, than the actual nice. car so much. It, you know, how do they come about it? And it's not just necessarily because it's a Ferrari or whatever, but it doesn't matter what you have. We've had people with Fiat's, Alphas, a Morris Minor. It it really doesn't matter. We've had a Charger, of course, you know. So an original Tourana, original Tourana, actually yeah. one that was a Bathurst model. So it's really the We've story. We've done the Fiat. Your son's Fiat. Uh, that's right, the Fiat Abarth the, as well. No, Fiat Abarth and, and the other the Punto, Fiat, the Punto as well. So right. it, it's really about the stories of the people with the cars, rather than just the car, and the Italian tradition. The, the Italians are passionate about their cars. Nice. I mean, the, you know, before the Model T was the Fiat 501 series. Now, they produced thousands and thousands of those. And, you know, we're lucky enough we, to have a, a friend that's got one that's rebuilding. 1924. Wow. 23. Right. You're getting your okay. dates wrong. The, the 250 GT was a 64. 65. I said 64. All right, guys, can you take it easy? Yeah, no, I said no. I said We do upset with each other from time to time. It's a 24 anyhow. Yeah, 20, we can ask Murray. 23. <laughs> but, okay, well, but, well, anyway, anyway, that's but you're right. Different, but he's but restoring this car. Unbelievable. You're, you're right. Look, the stories are the most important part because what, listening to you two talk about your time with the Fiat and, and Dad coming out and, you, you know, you thought well, you've got this car, dream car, and it didn't come about. And, of course, your stories, Michael, about your car. The other part to, to all of this is we, we've honed in on a couple of brands iconic brands but you, you have mentioned Lancia you have mentioned Lamborghini there is a plethora of uh, others uh, the Di Tommaso uh, as an example the Pagani the um, uh, well Pagani you go into another level again you, you know what I mean the even the Abarth which has had you know a time more recently in in a, in a relationship with Fiat uh, if I'm not mistaken yeah yeah um, and we can then spin off from cars to bikes because oh. oh, bikes is another equally one equally um, in in terms of architectural and in, in in desirability and aspirational. We talk about the Vespa, the Ducati, the uh, Aprilia. Um, well, the the MV Augusta is in the Milan Museum. The F four the F four is in the Milan Museum because design beauty. You know. These are, like you said, they are iconic to the Italian culture and the Italian way of life. Bikes are brilliant. Bikes. A friend of mine said, you know, car moves your body, but the bike moves your soul. Mm. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt the bikes, uh, in terms of adrenaline, would be much more than a car. However, unfortunately, you're on the on the road, they're a bit dangerous. You know, yeah, that's the thing. That's but right. Look, I've know. had a couple of Vespas, and uh, you know, 1964, and it was a 64. Oh, thanks, good. Me. GTS. Yeah, no Sprint, yeah, 150 okay. Sprint. Uh, Air conditioned? Right. Oh, I'm just joking. Beautiful, beautiful to own these things. When you see them, the manufacturing, how they were made, and you know, with the white wall wheels and things like that, just gorgeous things. So I agree, the Italians do it so well when it comes to automobiles, be it motorbikes or cars. Well, you can even take the engines out, the the bikes. You know, if you yep. look at the, 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 the bikes uh, being made today and the cost of those bikes. As in your, your push road bikes. Bike, road yeah. bikes, you yeah. know, the Bianchis yeah. and the, you know, oh. the... That's they, they are beautiful again, and I think it just 
just transcends down from the fact that Correct. we are we the Italians are so clever they're, with their hands, with their design, with their architecture, with their styling, um, with their perfection. Like yeah. l- really, we talk about food and how perfection and how good and how flavoursome and how tasty and how good they look. Food, clothes, cars, bikes, women. Men, everything. There's one common denominator there that I see across all of the Italian stuff is passion. Yeah. It they, is, they're designing with passion. They're not saying, oh, hang on, we've got to get this car out that's quick. I mean, on some of the cars, the Lamborghini Mura, a oh. 20-year-old guy did them, the, whatever, Gandini or whoever did. Don't correct me if I'm wrong yeah. there. But he was just given free scope. Let's design a car. Yeah. yeah. There you it's, go. It's the ability to have that. Free scope, that creativity, is correct. It? Yeah, yeah. It, we drive with passion. I mean, I, if I get pulled over, police, I'm going to say, "I'm no, Italian. I drive with passion." What's behind no. me doesn't matter. <laughs> Have you yeah. tried that yet, Ori? <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't because I'm constantly following Mick. So if he gets picked up first, I know how to slow down. <laughs> so he, he hasn't got many points left, apparently. But um, I do drive with passion. But you know, that's the other thing when you drive in these cars, and a lot of a lot of these, we're lucky enough to drive them, right? So hey. Very, very special. But you got to be, you got to be smart when you drive them too. Don't show off about them, don't. Because exactly. these are very powerful vehicles, yeah. and right. you got to be respectful of other people's uh, vehicles. You, know, no, you can always no... go to the track if you want. Exactly let it look. right. Yeah. yeah, especially with the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris and yeah, the Maseratis, another iconic brand which we haven't mentioned mm. yet. Yeah, you know, these cars are powerful for everyday use. So yeah, you know, be respectful when you're driving them on the roads. Now, and you did have sorry, you did have a Maserati as I well. I did. I How about that story for a daily driver. Yeah, that was my day. So I was lucky enough to uh, get a car allowance with my uh, job, and uh, I remember back then my boss goes, "What are you going to buy?" I said, "Don't worry, I'm going to buy something special." It was a uh, 3200 Maserati 3200 uh, GT. So uh, gated shifter me or manual. Beautiful uh, gum middle grey with Bordeaux leather interior. And that was my everyday car. So I drove it from home to the office because then I had a, you know, a group of reps I looked after. So I went in their cars. Beautiful car. And I owned it three years. It was my company car for three years. Just gorgeous. But there does come a time that when you're using these cars every time, that a little bit of that special feeling when you get into your car that you don't use it, your Sunday driver, you lose. Right, so the Maserati just became my car, yeah, right? okay. and I loved it. Don't worry, and I miss it now that I no longer have it. But you know, the Ferrari I don't drive as often. Maybe once every couple of weeks and things like that. When you get into it, the smoke just automate all your problems, all your all your stresses actually disappear. Yeah, you know, and so that's what the Italian cars do to you. Now, what about reliability? And and I, and I now I'm dissing a little bit because you know the Fiat, the Fix It Again, Tony, yeah, and uh, uh, acronym the, the, the Alphas, similar, the isn't it? Alphas, yeah. you know, always in the workshops. I mean, they do have they are temperamental. Well, they are temperamental, but and what happens is and is that we're normally talking about a car that we've bought. 15 years old or 20 years old or 30 years old so you're not talking about buying a brand new ferrari you know so you are talking about older cars because a brand new ferrari now comes with seven years free service so the so it should and also they they complained about the um the electronics in some of these cars but they're all bosch electronics yeah so it wasn't even italian electronics it was you know it was german uh so but I, i think um, what it is as well, because they were expensive, some of these cars, and they didn't have the necessarily the technicians and mechanics to be able to service them properly because you had to get them people that 
were from Italy to be able to service them, you know, especially if it was something People that knew the cars. You know, uh, and it would deferred maintenance. So people wouldn't worry about it. You know, the bushes are worn, don't worry about it, you know, until something goes wrong and causes something else. Yep. So mm. if you look after them, I mean, as I said, I drove my 308 GT4 to uh, two different ones, to Melbourne and to Tasmania and back. Not one issue. Not one issue mm. I, except for when I, yeah, sort of... Uh, no. do, I st- but I agree. That, I mean, they always had this reliability issue, and a lot of people, and they took it to mechanics that didn't know the car or technicians that didn't know the car. So the key to that question, um, uh, Ange, is make sure you buy, uh, take your car, sorry, to someone that knows the car. Yeah, They've grown up fixing those cars, looking after those cars. And we've got a great technician in Mario Lumbrushano from Veloce Motorsport. Oh, yeah. Near High Marsh Stadium. Yeah. High Marsh Stadium. His whole life has been looking after these Italian cars. And from Fiat's to Alphas to Lamborghinis to Ferraris to Maseratis, I mean, there's mm. not one Italian car. True, Michael? Uh, that I he agree hasn't 100%. On. And he's passionate. That's the other right. thing. And he's he's passionate. passionate about the, the brands. All and, the Italian brands. And the brands now coming into Australia, Alfa Romeo has had a step change forward. Fiat, the five, the, when, you know, the relaunch of the Fiat Cinquecento was a game changer. Mm. You know, one uh, car of the year, European car of the year for reliability and things like that. So they have come a long, long way. Actually, in saying that as well, sorry, Ed, you were going to say something. Right. But what it, what it is, is when I bought my first car, which was the Fiat 125, um, the... The spark plugs, now the, there's got twin overhead cam and the spark plugs that are at an angle. They're supposed to be at an angle. These spark plugs were vertical in the hole and the car still ran. Wow. So we changed it to make them, you know, fixed them up and made them in their right spot. Didn't make any difference. Yeah, there you right. go. Sorry. So, but look, if you look after them, the reliability is there. Well, you know, the one thing I think we all share uh, in common, and I'm sure many listeners who will tune into this particular episode of the podcast, is the dream, the one thing that we all aspire to. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I um, you know, my brother-in-law, Marcello Caiazza, who yeah. you, you guys know, um, his dream, having driven Mario Rimaldi's 599, however many years ago at Hidden Valley, was to get himself a 599. And um, lo and behold, a few months back, one came up, he just couldn't say no. It was a bit like, yeah. you know, the opportunity was there when you talk about having a second Dino and he and he, he just took it with both hands. It d- didn't matter. It was something he wanted. And these things are going nuts in price. Like, they are just climbing. Um, you've seen his 850. For me, that is one sexy automobile, that, that little Fiat 850 he's got in the garage. Yeah, we're going to get that on the podcast you, one day. It's, it's a gorgeous car, but to drive... This is Marcello's. Yeah, Marcello's 850. Yeah. The, the pedals, they are like... My one thong will take over all three pedals, clutch, yeah. brake, and acceleration. That's how... You've got to drive barefoot. It's well, how about Mario's Cinquecento that we drove? Oh, yeah, we, so we had we had that on the podcast. Right, we and drove the Cinquecentos, the new ones, then the the uh, 695, the Arbath, and Mario's original, I think, what year is that? 1962 or something. How does yeah. the original compare to the new one? Oh, no, two, uh, two different. You know what? The smile on our face was more in the original yeah. than in the newer one. Because go. they're getting harder to, to find in, in the condition that they're in, right? I mean... What about if we talk about cost, upkeep, maintenance? Forget Ferrari because they're an expensive car to begin with. But it's not as bad as you actually think, you know. And I think that's a fallacy that people think, oh no, it costs too much to maintain. And Mick and I have had many a discussion with people about this. 
If you look after your car, do the right things, get the yearly service done when it needs to be done, do the belts when they need to be... The actual maintenance is no more than a normal car. To be honest, my wife's X5 is costing me more to maintain. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Like in the in the Fiat range, for example, let's just take the Fiat range. The parts you can source locally, uh, internationally. I mean, US have got heaps and heaps of parts. What year uh, are we talking here, Mick? What, what do you mean? Well, mine's a, not, mine's fifty one years old. They'll find it. I know, but the, you know how long it's been me trying to find suspension top hats. <laughs> it's You're after asking fun. the right people. Oh, that's here. why I invited. Is him that why you got him on the show? It's not about the podcast. I got yeah. Got yeah, that's right. He's got an ulterior motive. Look. Yeah, I think if you, I mean, you've got to ask around too. So there might even be local people that have it. I mean, with the story about the 501, Murrah has been able to find people locally in South Australia that have got hordes of these things because they were collectors from years ago, but only because they just loved them. And these these cars were actually manufactured and put together here in Australia. I mean, we went to the factory in Hobart. So you'd imagine in Hobart, in yeah, right. okay. around Tasmania, there'd be parts that you can source from yeah, people that had yeah. them because they were around. Yeah, so the 501, for example, that Zori's talking about, it's a, it's basically a, a, a veteran-type car, 1923. Yeah, so they Four. made the 501, 502, 503, 505 or whatever. It looked similar, but, you know, different radiators, different wheels and things like that. Now, they came over from Italy generally as a chassis, as a rolling chassis. To avoid and then, import taxes. Well, I'm not sure, but I think that was the normal way. Even Ferrari, they built the rolling chassis, and then they had the they had the carrozzerias, you know, the coach builders build whatever car you wanted on top. So that's why even the 250 GT range in the Ferraris have got so many different shapes because they just have different coach builders: Scaglietti, Pininfarina, um, Bertone, yeah. Gear. You know, there's there's all sorts of different coach builders so these 501s they were built in uh in hobart and also in adelaide yeah so amazing. holdens, holdens did amazing. some bodies of the 501 no and when you see some of these old photos that murray has been able to find and things like that yeah you know, uh, here in um, adelaide the construction photos yes yeah construction photos and and, wow. if, and in uh, hobart yeah we went to the factory where they were all lined up in front of the actual building we had a photo in front of the building it's still there today Right? It's amazing. It, amazing. The history. I, and I didn't know that. And, uh, and we're Italian. In Australia, we think, oh, no, they all came. But all they were, imports. Yeah, you know, right. we're, we've got a closer relationship than we think with some of these vehicles. Yeah, I, had, for sure. I had no idea. Can I ask a question? You can, Joe. Slightly off topic. Well, not slightly. This is the topic. <laughs> what set the fire? What, uh, what's, what started the, the dream of cars for both of you? Well, if, if I go myself, I mean, in the family, my uncle always had... Um, Ferrari, uh, Ferrari, so should I say, uh, Italian cars, the Fiat's, the Alfa. He had the original, sorry, original 105 Bertone two-door, which is, is a classic now. It's it's absolute classic. And um, he let me drive that. He was the, I was the only one that let he let drive. Um, so and how I was old only, were you, Mick? I was 17. Wow. And he trusted me with a car. I'm not sure why, um, because back then I probably wouldn't have trusted myself, but it doesn't matter, you know. Um but that was a beautiful car, leather inside, timber steering wheel. But we couldn't really afford that, so we went for the Fiat. So actually, the cousin had a 124, similar to the 128 uh, that you've got, Ange. And it sort of grew from there. But even back then, before that, being Italian background, all the poster cars were all Ferraris or yeah. the, the uh, Contash, you know. Oh, the, yeah, the, the Lamborghini, Contash, you know. You've got all those. There's a myriad of, of cars and different brands, makes, 
that stem from the Italians. But what, what was your dad driving? I mean, when you were a kid growing up, what was your well, family car? Well, he drove Valiants. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. He had the Valiant. You However, Valiant. Valiant, he, uh, well, we traded in a, a Valiant Ute, a v, a VJ, I think, Ute, to, to get the uh, Fiat, the 125. But after that, the new car he bought was uh, a Luncher, a Luncher Beater, the new shape, which uh, was, I don't know, 1984 or something. Rally King. Yep. Yeah. Um, but Ange, like for example, you, and you've got a one two eight. Why'd you buy that? Oh, look, it's uh, funny. A great question. So, um, as a result of this page finding its beginnings, everything Italian became important to me, um, and I've never owned an Italian car. And I thought to myself, if anything ever comes up, and it's you know, I, I'm, I'm not in the business of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if there's anything that's Italian that I think I like the look of, um, can see myself in, uh, can maybe do something with my with my son Isaac and, and get it to a stage where it's actually a nice looking car that we can keep as a bit of a, that was the intention. Um, you know, we, desirability and, and aspiration, of course, you, you know, it's a Ferrari. Um, a Lamborghini is now becoming a little bit gangster, but, you know, a Ferrari, um, even some of the old Maseratis, are, you know, for me are just gorgeous. Uh, if you look at some of the old um, um, 007 films, like you mentioned, you know, where these cars sort of yep. play a part in the show, you know, to me Magnum P.I. Absolutely, yeah, the three hundred eight, yeah, yeah. So, um, and more recently, what was the movie? Is it called the Heist? Was it the Heist? And I think the the, the Ferrari. I can't remember what model it is. Um, ended up being gold. It was a, it, it, the 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 thief was that smart and that rich that he. That oh, that's the one in the building. In the, the top building. of the building. It's a two fifty. It's a two fifty. Yeah. There you go. And it's all red, and then they yeah. find that it's actually gold, painted red. But it's how he hid the gold. Mm. Um, so yeah, the Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, that's another, another one. Another, movie. another yeah. movie. So yeah. yeah, and and I guess that in answering your question, it was everything Italian. My my love affair. So I married an Australian. So I've gone from growing up speaking nothing but Italian, still do with my parents to. To you know, to marrying an Australian, um, uh, departing the coop. So everyone, you know, when you get married, you live in your suburb, right? Well, I haven't. I've moved away. But as I got older, my kids are getting older. My kids are so connected to their nonni. Um, we're there all the time. Everything Italian's become important. So cars for me, uh, and you know, I've got a brother-in-law who's just re- you know ridiculously in love with his cars and Valiance, and he's got the Ford and he's got the um, the Fiat slash and Ferrari. Um, yeah, how can you not have a love affair? Um, but yeah, of course, there's always a, a little fire, uh, you refer to a fire in the, in the belly, that if the opportunity ever arose to, to, to get my hands on a more iconic sports car, which looks great, uh, can put the smile on the face on a Sunday, mate, I'm in. But... I've got, but other, in, I've got other, other, other things to take care of yet. But. In yeah. saying that, though, Ange, you get into your 128. It's drivable, I assume, is Of course it, it is. It's drivable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you would have a smile Love on your it. face for sure. Absolutely. And not only that, when you go down the streets and you stop at the cafe, how many people give you the thumbs up? Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all about that. Thing. It's not necessarily, is that the most expensive? Is that the no. fastest? It, it really doesn't matter because we're not racing drivers. We're, there to, we're here on this world for a short time. The car, hopefully... We'll be here forever because oh, we're people custodians. Are, we're only yeah, merely exactly looking after right. it for the next generation. That's, That's all we're doing. That's exactly you know, right. Well said. We're maintaining it. I mean, we were lucky enough to do Classic Adelaide, as I said earlier, and Mick and I were handing out stickers to kids as they come up, and a lot of people were having photos in front of the cars, and we were opening up. So sit in them. 
Mm. Yeah, Take a seat, you know, giving an opportunity because that's what happened to us. You know, people allowed us to sit in their cars and that fire and that aspiration just burns more and more. But I recall, you know, from me, my I grew up in a car family in the sense that my uncles were mechanics, right? So we were always around on nah, school all, holidays. All I was all over cars. My dad drove a HQ Monaro. Right, so we uh, we had cars in our family that we loved, and my cousins were car nuts, and I was a car any nut. drag races, no drag races, no drag races, and you say you grow up aspiring to own a Ferrari. That's that was my mm. whole dream, mm. and when you finally attain or you know you get there, it's the fact that it's in the garage now. I'm happy. I walk past it every morning. It's got the cover on it, and I give it a little lish as I walk past, and my and I was, I talk to my car, and my young daughter goes, Dad. Are you joking? I said, hey, <laughs> this is the most important member of our family. You're like Arden <laughs> Senna. He used yeah, to talk to his exactly. cars. Exactly. I talked to the car. We've got a little name for it in the family. But, you know, What's it called? Uh, Bella. <laughs> and, so, and so we always, you know, you look at these things because they're part of us now. That's part of my family. I mean, I actually got the original built day. I went back through the Ferrari um, archives and got one of our uh, technicians to follow up. And I've got the actual date of when it was built. Of the construction when it rolled out. To the out. day. The 7th of February, 2000. God. So, you know, so on the 7th it, of February. Aquarius. Sorry? It's an Aquarius. It is an Aquarius. Yeah, that's right. So, 7th of February, 2000. And guess what? It's in my diary. Every year we celebrate the birthday. So, I turned 21 last year. We had a big celebration. Wonderful. Yeah, we, did. we did have a celebration. Yeah. And we drove it, of course. Um, the thing is, with these cars, we talk about how much passion and enthusiasm we've got about these cars. But in the end, I mean, I always look at it. I mean, the family is the most important thing, and not to get too soppy here, but if I had to sell them because of other things for the family, I would do it. Of course. It's still it's still under your car, yeah. and it will live on without me or with me. It, it's You know, people say, well, that's everything. I remember my, no. my kid coming too close to the car, and, and, and he's saying, hey, you love the car more than me. I said, yes, now get out of here. <laughs> but it's not quite like that. Well, look, um, I guess I guess today's podcast was all about you know reliving um, the ingenuity um, and 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 the design uh, and the, uh, we keep talking about aspiration of, of Italian automobile and I um, really appreciate the fact that you guys made the time I mean I know we're winding down for Christmas um, but you know the fact that I mean we hear it in your in your voice the whole reason you must have got together and said we're going to put together a, a podcast on cars is because. We, you just you live and breathe it. You can hear it. And well, we, our kids played uh, played soccer together since under sixes, and so people were actually sick of us too. Every time we get together, three nights a week, and then again on the weekends, just constantly talking about cars. And so Michael's son said, "Hey, why don't you guys just actually yeah. make a podcast? Yeah, that's Great a, idea, so. and and it's perfect because, like you said." Um, and, and I think you mentioned it earlier, Michael. You know, many books have been written and, and magazines uh, printed, but when you put a voice to it, it, it this is your legacy now. Y- yes, your car will live on, but so will your voices now. Yeah. Um, it'll give it'll give um, uh, people in the future look back, listen back, talk either to your vehicles or, or, or the vehicles that you've become custodians of for yeah. that period of time during that uh, episode um, it's wonderful that you guys have put this, this show together I hope people do uh, join in and listen to what you guys have to offer the videos are really entertaining I love watching you two out and about you know you in the back seat or you you, you telling alright mate you can't drive let me drive to me that's brilliant keep up the great work um, we are uh, obviously running out of time so I, I just wanted to say to both of you thank you so much for making the time the effort to come out here yeah, it's been great to, having yeah, you guys. to be part right, of the, uh, the, the podcast episode on the Italian automobile um, uh, for me um, 
it's an episode that probably won't resonate with everyone, but it, it, there will be many in the group um, that follow the page and listen to our podcast that would find this really enjoyable. And, and hopefully they'll, uh, they'll tune into yours. And they'll reflect back on their first vehicle edge. You know, people listen to the podcast and think, actually, you know, what did, what did normal drive? What did, you know, what did dad have? What did mum have? Right? Things like that. So. And like we do every week, Joe, um, we, we talk about, you know, festers and, and, and what's on around the place. Mate, I reckon you've... You've put me on the spot oh, here, Edge. <laughs> we, we might not be talking something normal, but it is Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's Christmas and there's, there's a little bit going on. We, the radio here sort of wound down. We've had our last uh, celebration uh, last week with the with the patrons' dinner. But um, one thing that's happening at the moment is Christmas lights. Um, and I'm bringing my daughter around to trying to find the best one. I think ah. 9th Avenue... St. Peter's? St. Peter's is, is the awesome. best one. Nah, the best one. And Lobethal is back on north, of course. Yeah. Um, take, the, take the car. Take the Ferrari down yeah. there for yep. a cruise. It'll probably drive. overheat oh, because okay. you're not moving too quick. Oh, oh true yeah. that. What about the um, on the Facebook page, uh, Keeping um, Our Italian Traditions, someone has got an Italian-themed, Buon Natale no. 2020. Yeah, it's on the page, 2021. Oh, it, uh, I have to look it up. We'll I'm, I'm not, I'm not prepared. But if you go onto the Facebook page, yeah, you can have a look at it. It's lit up. Buon Natale, Italia, 2021. Uh, you know, for me, that's brilliant too, you know. Um, look, again, thank you so much. Um, next week, I'm really excited because one of the episodes we tabled early when we made our list of topics was the future. So um, uh, I mentioned last night a, a young lad came up to me and said... Well, you're uh, famous now, Angela, Oh, come on, so. take it. No, I'm not famous. But this young lad came up to me. His name's Jaden, And he said... Uh, Mate, I really love listening to your podcast. And I'm going, mate, you're 16 years old. You don't even look Italian. He goes, pulls out his Napoli yeah. soccer top. He goes, yeah, I'm he Italian. He supports the right team. And yeah, the yeah he does. Well, he's half Napoli, half Pugliese. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I love listening to it. I said, okay. And then I went home and my son, uh, I said to my son, you know what? Do you reckon he'd come on? And he goes, yeah. I said, you know what? You and him, next week, I want you the on the future. show. We're going to talk about the future of keeping our Italian traditions yeah. here in Australia and around the world. So really do look forward to that. hope you guys do tune in. Um, and as I do every, uh, every week, I, I always am so grateful um, for the use of the uh, radio station to allow me and my guests to be uh, on, to put on a really nice uh, quality performance um, in terms of our our episode so uh, I thank you uh, Joe for being a part of it in Marco's uh, episodes and uh, yeah look forward to the next episode next week I'll other be than here. that thanks boys thanks thank you guys. very much guys do appreciate it no worries and uh, Merry Christmas yeah Merry Christmas yeah. Bon, yeah. bon, 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 bon Natale thanks everyone alright ciao ciao